Hey guys, Chris Avery with you. Got a bonus segment for you here on Chargers Weekly in Week 10. I caught up with Good Morning Football's Kay Adams this morning, and we talked all things Chargers. We talked Melvin Gordon, we talked Keenan Allen, plus Kay made an early case for Phillip Rivers as league MVP. It was a lot of fun. Kay's the best, and I hope you enjoy. All right, on the line, one of the co-hosts of Good Morning Football on NFL Network, and I know for a fact she's a fan favorite among Chargers fans. Kay Adams joins me here on Chargers Weekly. Kay, I can't thank you enough for your time. How are you? I'm wonderful. I don't know how I became a Chargers fan, but I am in it to win it. How did it start? Can can you remember? <laughs> um, I always liked Keenan Allen, and then I had Melvin Gordon on my fan team for several years. Uh, and to me, they just never get talked about, ever. And I don't understand why. Obviously, there's some bad endings and some bad juju and a, a curse that was on them. But the fact that they're so talented right now, I'm loving to rub it in everybody's face at their current record. Well, you're right. They're, they're six and two right now. The winners of five straight looking to make it six in Oakland. So far, there is a lot to like. But where do you start, Kay, in, in talking about this football team? I mean, I start with Philip Rivers, and I was like, if you would let me make my case for him for MVP this year, then I will take this time to do that because he's really having one of the best years in his career, right? 19 touchdowns, just three interceptions, his passer rating is wild. And I feel like, yes, we've seen him put up big, lofty numbers. The yards, the touchdowns, they've always been there. But I feel like along with that, he's made mistakes, right? They've always had those built-in interception that comes along with the numbers. That's not the case this year. Lowest rate for interceptions in his career. He's crushing it. That offensive line is amazing. Adding Pouncey on a whim when you already had a good offensive line mm. is such a baller move, and I'm loving everything about it. And then there's, of course, the defense. Yeah, the defense, there's a hero every single week. It was that pick six in Seattle, Desmond King. Adrian Phillips had that Desmond. tip in London. I mean, without Joey Bosa, this defense has really started to to kind of get their groove. And I think when Bosa eventually does come back, you have guys stepping in like Isaac Rochelle. I know a, a friend of the program, he has three sacks in his last four games. Well, look at Duran James. I mean, he has three and a half sacks this season. So this kid, and I thought that's wild at his position to do. And Melvin Ingram has, I think, close to five. He's got four and a half. I mean, the only reason I got to tell you, Chris, that I came on this podcast is so I could get insider info on a win the heck Joey Bosa is coming back. I'm here. I wish I knew. I mean, you're there. No, listen, I I wish I knew. Uh, I hope sooner than later. uh, But the fact that Gus Bradley has these guys going, you know, Melvin Ingram, three sacks in his last four games. And you got a Raiders team who obviously has struggled a little bit as of late. Uh, They gave up eight sacks to the 49ers last week. So hopefully, you know, Derwin gets another sack. He'll have the most sacks of any rookie defensive back in the history of the league. That's wild. Yeah, and Dante Jackson got burned on Thursday Night Football against the Steelers over and over again. Grant, it was Antonio Brown, but Dante Jackson's a guy who's getting a ton of love for Defensive Rookie of the Year accolades. And I'm in there marching for Derwin James, who looked amazing. And the defense with the Chargers, I mean, Chris, they're allowing the fewest points per game in the entire league over this five-game win streak that we're talking about. Less than 18 points a game without Bosa. It's pretty amazing. I'm a little, I'm not going to say I'm worried about this Raiders game, because I'm not. But I feel like this is the sort of game they really have to be on their P's and Q's, and they c- they, they cannot lose this game. Well, you know, Kay, Coach Lynn even talked about his press conference. He was on that Denver Broncos team that was, I think, undefeated going into late in the year. I think they were like 13-0. and They went up to New York to play a three-win Giants team, 
and that Giants team beat them. So I think he's put these guys on notice. And you look at this locker room, these guys play the same way every single week. And one of the things I thought was so cool that Schrager outlined was just that 41-day road trip that we're kind of in the midst of right now. And shout out to Brock for all the good information, Brock and PR here. But, you know, Cleveland – London. I mean, Brock and PR was crunching numbers, yeah. Brock, yeah, Brock's on his game here in, in Costa Mesa, no doubt. But they, they find ways to win. 20 is like the magic number here because they're one of four teams to have scored 20 points in every game this year. This four-game winning streak, uh, or actually their five-game winning streak, four of them, yeah. you held them to under 20 points. I love that, and I feel like there's something to the adversity or the challenge that works in their favor. Obviously, their coach deserves so much credit for everything he's done, but even just the move, right? Having to move, having to have a new coach, dealing with so many injuries last year, that gave you the opportunity for Tyrell Williams to step up, to get reps with the first team, to get chemistry, and let that develop with his quarterback, Philip Rivers. And now you see with Keenan Allen back, he's sort of doing the nitty-gritty while he's letting other guys shine, but it's all working together, and I feel like it really all happened for a reason, and now it is clicking when Philip Rivers needs it to click because time's running out. You mentioned culture too, Kay. You know, the Chargers started 0-4 under Anthony Lynn. Since then, 15-5. and And I think with any football team, it takes a while to build a culture and sustain that culture. I think you're certainly starting to see that now with Coach Lynn. What can you say about the job that, that Coach Lynn has done over the last two seasons? I mean, I wish I was closer to Costa Mesa where I could be, you know, closer to the coach and ask him the questions that I want to ask him. But you can just tell from a vantage point where I'm all the way on the other side of the coast and I'm keeping track of what 32 coaches are saying and 32 GMs and all of their players. And every time there's a sound clip or anytime there's anything with him, especially after the loss to the Spanos family, all of that, how he handles himself in this locker room, you can just tell he's got all the respect in the world. They don't have off-the-field issues. It's tightened up and it's quiet, and that's why I have nothing but respect for this wild turnaround where they're not only, you know, they started hot, obviously, which is not the case last year. They won last six of their last seven. I think once they got acclimated and once Keenan Allen started going off at the end of last season, but now they just picked up where they left off, they know, and they're not, they're not even complaining. Like, you hear the Titans complain, nobody's talking about us. We don't get any love. Yeah. If you're concerned with that, it's going to affect your locker room. The Chargers never say that, and it's part of why I love them. Melvin Gordon, for instance, has every reason to go out there and talk about how disrespected he is as he's playing just as well as the best running backs in the game right now. So I feel like that that kind of culture, the focused culture, is, is what it seems like to me. Yeah, you know, Melvin Gordon missed that game against the Titans in London, Kay. By the way, how was London for you guys? I think we missed you just like by a day or two. I mean, Costa, I mean, L.A. and Costa Mesa and the West Coast is probably the best place to live, but I could, I could live in London. <laughs> we had an absolute blast. You were on the field I saw with the boys. Yes. Which must have been fun. It was uh, fun. They brought me back. They brought me back one of the Chargers banners because they knew how much I would love that since I'm such a, such a fan. Uh, I wish I could have been there for that, but the entire week was electric. There's so many NFL fans there. It's incredible stuff. Yeah, Melvin Gordon did not play in that game, but even seven games in, Kay, you look at his numbers, first seven this year versus last year, he has 868 yards from scrimmage and 10 total touchdowns. He only had 622 yards from scrimmage and seven touchdowns during the same amount of games last year. He's hitting the holes, and you mentioned the guy who I think is kind of making it all go up there is Mike Pouncey. Oh, yeah. Well, we talk, I, mean, I forget who we talked to over in the front office with the Chargers before the season started. How did this penalty thing come about? Because you have a nice line. You're getting Blant back, all of that. And they said that it was like a, not random, but it came across as a guy who might be available. And they looked at themselves and said, 
why not? And that kind of a decision to sort of shore that up and understand the importance of what a line can do for Philip Rivers, who's, you know, had a lot of bad lines he's played behind, was so huge. And it's obviously huge for Melvin Gordon. You look at him, and, you know, I love fantasy football, Chris, so I look at, you know, the numbers quite a bit. And when he's right now averaging more yards per touch than Todd Gurley, 6.3 to 5.6, I think it is, and the 124 total yards a game, the touchdowns, which you mentioned, Obviously, that has an impact because with Melvin Gordon, I feel like people slept on him, not from a touchdown perspective. This is a guy who's got 10 now. He had 12 last year, 12 the year before. But this is a guy who never averaged four yards to carry on the season, right? The efficiency wasn't there, but neither was the offensive line. So the fact that he's running so efficiently and his yards per carry is now at 5.4, that's amazing because his career average is only 3.9. Wow. Yeah. I mean, let's flip to Fantasy K because – Melvin Gordon, Phillip Rivers, even Keenan Allen, his touchdown production down a little bit. I think that could change maybe the back half of the year. Uh, you're starting those guys every week. I think that's pretty obvious. But we got these Williams brothers on the outside. They have 40 catches combined, but 10 of them are touchdowns. So basically, one out of every four times they touch the ball, they're scoring. Uh, how do you see them in fantasy lineups each and every week? Are you putting them as your, your wide receiver three, your flex, or you kind of kind of wait and see them based on the matchup? Oh, yeah. I've started Tyrell Williams as a wide receiver, too. If there's you know, a week that I have six teams on by like we did last week, they're both must starts when you get to the wide receiver three spot. It's a little bit frustrating, obviously, but good for the team that you don't know who's going to score on a given day. And yeah. Keenan Allen owners, I mean, this is now, the, the, you know, Julio Jones scored a touchdown last week, so this is the new thing. The new thing is get Keenan Allen another touchdown since he only has one and he's on this big skid of not scoring. But, you know, the best remedy for that is going up against the Raiders. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. And, you know, Keenan, something similar happened last year, too. Okay, where he had one touchdown through like the first eight or nine weeks, I want to say. I'm just kind of guessing here, but it was around that. And then he went on that ridiculous run where he had like 100 yards in like three or four straight games and a touchdown. Uh, so he he may be just getting rolling. He led the league in receiving the second half of the year. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was a ridiculous run. I think he set a franchise record for receiving yards. But I'll take you take fantasy out of it. Just the fact that this team is so balanced, it's really hard to defend them, whether you're the Raiders the Broncos, the Cardinals coming up, and then, of course, the Steelers next month. Yeah, health is always going to be a concern. I feel like they have the depth, though, now to kind of figure that out and make their way through, especially with the offensive line. You have Austin Eckler, who sort of came out of nowhere and uh, is definitely a force out there. I'm trying to look who they have next. They've got the Raiders, the Broncos, the Cardinals, and then they've got a couple tough ones. And challenges. He's got a week 13 showdown with his Steelers team that looks like they can beat absolutely anybody. And then you know, they've got to go into Arrowhead and get business done. They can make the playoffs, of course. People keep coming to me and saying, well, they can't be the Chiefs. They can't be the Chiefs. But they can get it done and get that. I mean, they're, if I'm looking at the playoff position here, I mean, who's going to who's gonna come after them? Who's gonna, is it the Ravens who are on a downslope? The, the Bengals who are going to fall to the Saints likely this Sunday? They're in a great, great spot. And I just cannot wait to just really rub it in everyone's face and I've got to get to a playoff game. Yeah, I hope you're right. Yeah, we we got to get you at the StubHub Center and I hope it is for the playoff game. You, you mentioned the the Bengals and Ravens. Chargers play both of those teams in December as well in addition to the Chiefs and Steelers. So it's not the easiest of Decembers but certainly uh, those are the, the teams you're going to have to compete with to, to get in the playoffs. Uh, we'll get you out of here on this. Just biggest surprises. We're at the midway point. Uh, what are the biggest surprises, biggest storylines, not only in the AFC Ooh. but the NFC as well? Oh, man. I think on my show especially, we like the new flashy things. And I'm sort of the old school person who 
loves the, the older guys and the veterans that are getting the gun, like Frank Gore. And I just think it's a great in an era where we have all these rookie quarterbacks, such a great class, and they all went, you know, number one overall, number three. All of, all of these young guys are struggling, and it is the Big Bens, the Philip Rivers, the Drew Breeses, the Tom Brady's that are just like, nope, we are still here. We are still at the top of the mountain, and you've got to go through us. So I've been really excited to sort of see this, this old-school vibe in the NFL maintained given the fact that it's still they're trying to you know they're rule changing and offense is going crazy it's still I mean it's paramount so which I appreciate Kay Adams good morning football Kay honestly we do have to get you to a game I think there's an NFL yeah. network game in December I think it's the Ravens I think it's a Saturday I don't know what your schedule is we got to get you guys out there it's on a Saturday it's on a Saturday yeah it's the I think it's like the 22nd play the Ravens it's on NFL network and it's at StubHub Center. I'm going to go ahead and say I might be there. I'm just putting it out there. So, I mean, it's it's a month and a half, month and a half planning. Let's go. <laughs> I'll have my people talk to your people. Quickly, let me ask you, does this team feel different to you? You know, I've been here for, for two seasons. And I tell you, as soon as they got their first win against the New York Giants last year, won 9-12, and you carry it over to this year, it does feel different. And the quarterback's always been here. Um, you've had, always had these these skill position players, but you know, especially defensively, you lose Joey Bosa for the beginning of this season, and it seems like everybody has been able to step up and make a play. I mean, I go back to Melvin Ingram with that interception of Carr in the end zone a few weeks ago. Isaac Rochelle had an interception the week before. Adrian Phillips had that tip in London. Desmond King had the pick six. There's been a different hero on defense each and every week. So they're not just relying on one guy. And then I don't think I've seen a more balanced Chargers team than this one when you talk about Gordon and Eckler in the backfield who were really, they were putting up numbers like Kamara and Ingram-like the first four weeks. Uh, And then you have this wide receiver crew with the Williams brothers and Keenan Allen and even Travis Benjamin who hasn't played a ton this year. So it's all about health, K in this league, as you know. If they can stay healthy, keep that offensive line going, uh, big things could potentially happen here in Costa Mesa. That's right. I will hopefully be there to enjoy it with you. Thanks so much for having me, Chris. Kay, I appreciate it.